everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Fortress of Rock. I am the maestro Kevin Crane. Episode 64. Taping here Friday evening, November the 4th, 2022. As always, glad to have you aboard. Let's get right into it with segment one, News of the World. Our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen. All the latest news in the world of rock and roll. As we wind down into the holidays and the end of the year, probably going to see a little bit less activity when it comes to rock and roll news. I hope that's not the case, but we're starting to see it, especially this past week. Only a few headlines to discuss. First and foremost, of course, it doesn't matter that the great, legendary Eddie Van Halen is dead. The Van Halen camp has always got to have issues, arguments, finger pointing. The latest to join into the fray is Sammy Hagar. This past week, believe it was on Eddie Trunk's show on Sirius XM. Got into a discussion about the Van Halen tribute and why it can't pull together and why they can't make it happen. And even though he rips into David Lee Roth in a backhanded kind of way, Sammy does say, I don't know why everybody puts it on Roth. But again, he continues on to insult Dave and say Dave's only going to do it for him and Roth would probably ask for Sammy to be excluded. But then things get really interesting after that. There's no shocking surprise or amazing disclosure there. We, we know the stories when those two went out on tour together and how they didn't get along. But now Sammy is implying that Alex Van Halen has a major role to play in the whole current mess with Van Halen. When it comes to the current Van Halen dysfunction, of course, we've heard Wolfgang Van Halen talk about it. And these are direct quotes from Sammy talking about Alex Van Halen, of course, Eddie's brother and drummer for Van Halen. Sammy says that Alex has, quote, a stick up his ass, unquote. And, quote, I don't think I've made peace with Al, unquote. Now, Alex Van Halen has always been a very private person. You know, Sammy's bringing up his astrological sign. I think he's talking about him being a Taurus. And Taurus, people who are born under the sign of Taurus are stubborn by nature. And Alex is really stubborn. It's amazing to me how petulant, immature everybody involved with Van Halen is even with the leader, the de facto leader, Eddie Van Halen, 
passed away. And I've told you guys this in the past. Do not be fooled by Sammy Hagar. He's partly to blame for all this, too. He's a brilliant entrepreneur, a brilliant businessman, brilliant when it comes to PR. A lot of people look at the situation with with him and chicken foot and now the circle and they see Michael Anthony latched onto him. So they think, well, if Mikey loves the guy and their best buds, then Sammy can't be all bad. Nobody's saying Sammy's all bad. But what I'm saying is I could see Sammy being a very, very difficult person to work with. And that's why you look at his career through his solo career into all the side projects and the groups that got out one or two albums before they disbanded or went their separate ways, Chicken Foot, HSAS, The Wabaritas. Now we've got two albums from The Circle. Will we get any more? But all I'm going to say about this, number one, if you want the full quote involving David Lee Roth and Alex Van Halen, check out vanhalennewsdesk.com or ultimateclassicrock.com. In tour news, an odd pairing. This to me is a really odd pairing. Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks are going to play a couple shows together in spring of 2023. Right now, three shows are booked. Rumor is they could end up going anywhere between five and seven shows. Now, Billy Joel is fantastic. Billy Joel is one of the greatest all time when it comes to live performers. I'm not a Stevie Nicks person. I'm not a Fleetwood Mac person. To me, this is not even an even match. It's not even close, but there's a lot of people out there who would dispute me on that. That's fine. This tandem won't do it for me. You look back at the classic tandem, Billy Joel and Elton John, now that would have been something else. Stevie Nicks, eh. Or as David Crosby would say, Meh. Rick Nielsen, guitarist for Cheap Trick, had to have a minor procedure. That's all we're getting from the Cheap Trick camp right now. He cannot travel for about a week or two, so he will not be participating in the current shows for Cheap Trick. Robin Zanderson, Robin Taylor Xander, they like to refer to him as RT, will step in on lead guitar for Cheap Trick on their concerts here in the coming week or two. Doesn't sound like it's anything to be concerned about. Again, Rick Nielsen will be back in the fold with Cheap Trick in a few weeks. And then finally here, as we wrap up News of the World, I did mention it was going to be a brief segment. Not a lot of headlines this week, 
we do have one rock and roll passing to note. D.H. Peligro was a drummer for the Dead Kennedys and briefly for the Red Hot Chili Peppers passed away here within the last week or so. Supposedly due to a tragic fall at his residence. Hate to hear about stuff like that. Just hate it. We should all be lucky enough to go in our sleep at a ripe old age. Household accidents, car accidents. I hate to hear that kind of stuff. Now, D.H. Pellegro supposedly had a history of substance abuse. I don't like to speculate on that, even if people report it to be true. Supposedly the reason why he did not last in the Red Hot Chili Peppers very long. So, thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of D.H. Peligro. And that's going to do it for News of the World, segment one here, November the 4th, 2022, on the Fortress of Rock. If you guys haven't figured it out by now, I am battling a massive head cold. Feel pretty good outside of just being stuffed up beyond belief. So it's probably better that we're ending this segment sooner rather than later so you don't have to be subjected to my voice full of phlegm. But we do have a full segment two for you. Breakdown coming up. Album review, bunch of songs to review. So I will pop a Benadryl. Get in better shape. Take a quick break. You guys get a quick promo. And I'll be right back with our album and concert and song reviews for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro, Kevin Crane. Of course, that was segment one, the news of the world, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes breakdown where we are going to review all the new songs all the new albums all the new concert tours the shows that i've seen personally stay tuned for that of course we're now available on spotify anchor apple stitcher Castbox, google pocket cast and radio public wherever you listen to your favorite podcast hang out kids we'll be right back All right, everybody, welcome back. Segment two here, The Fortress of Rock, episode 64, November the 4th, 2022. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. Album review of the week, long awaited for me. Been waiting for this album. One of the most anticipated albums of the year, in my humble opinion. Alter Bridge, their brand new album, Pawns and Kings. And as always, what we will do here, 10 songs, we will go through it track by track. 
Now, four of these songs we've already kind of touched on, reviewed here over the past few months on The Fortress. And that would include the leadoff track, This Is War. Out of the four songs that were released before the album's release, probably my least favorite, not a bad song. You're going to note as I talk about this album, I have very high standards for Alter Bridge. So when I say a song is okay or not great per se, it it's still better than most of the other stuff you're going to find out there. So this is War, leadoff track, solid. Not one of my favorites on the album, but again, keep the perspective in mind. Now, I will say track two, Dead Among the Living, is probably the weakest song on Pawns and Kings. So you're sitting there going, okay, two songs in, you don't sound overly impressed. Number one, again, I'm fine with it. Decent, solid Alter Bridge is better than most of the other crap that these new bands can put out there today. Then we get into, of course, track three and track four, back to back, Silver Tongue and Sin After Sin, probably my two favorite songs on the album. These, of course, were released previously. These songs are Alter Bridge at their high point. These are Alter Bridge clicking on all cylinders. Track five is Stay. Now, Mark Tremonti takes over as lead vocalist on this one. Miles Kennedy chimes in on harmonies. And I always like Mark Tremonti's voice. Of course, we talked recently, earlier in 2022, about Mark Tremonti doing a album of Frank Sinatra standards. That's the kind of voice he's got. And of course, if you've listened to his his band, which carries the moniker of his name, Tremonti, they are phenomenal as well. Now, he sings all the songs on Tremonti's releases. But every once in a while, Miles Kennedy will step back and let Mark Tremonti take lead vocals. And he does on Stay, and Stay's a great song. Stay is more upbeat more positive vibe to it than a lot of the stuff on Alter Bridge, uh, Pawns and Kings. And looking back at their their catalog titles, they do have a tendency at times to get a little bit bleak, a little bit dark. Again, not nearly as dark as more popular current bands, hard rock, heavy metal bands in the U.S., but Stays a little more upbeat, and then track six, Holiday, again, a little bit more of an upbeat vibe. With Holiday, Miles Kennedy jumps back on lead vocals. Holiday was the fifth release, I believe, off of Pawns and Kings, right around the time that the album itself came out. Then we get to track seven. Track seven is where you're going to decide whether you like Alter Bridge or not. 
The Fable of the Silent Sun. This is an epic, tempo-shifting, ambitious song, long song, that I absolutely loved. Loved, loved, loved. It might not be everybody's cup of tea, though. Any of you out there who know Alter Bridge, who've seen him in concert, know that Blackbird is one of the standards that they play at most of their shows. In a way, it's similar to this new song, Fable of the Silent Sun. Long, majestic, but when they do stuff like this and they do it right, like with Blackbird, the title track off the, the album of the same name. And now with Fable of the Silent Sun, you can't beat Alter Bridge. You just can't. And along with Silver Tongue and Sin After Sin, Fable of the Silent Sun, those are the top three songs on Pawns and Kings. Song eight, again, we get back into a little more of the upbeat stuff. And I'm not knocking any of these, what I'm calling upbeat songs. Just again, not as bleak and as dark as sometimes this band can get lyrically. And I have to admit, when I heard some of these early songs, Pawns and Kings, Sin After Sin, This Is War, even Silver Tongue, I thought initially there might be some kind of a theme going for this album. Conflict, manipulation, a look back at war throughout time. But in the end, it turns out it's just basically a really, really good Alter Bridge album. So again, Season of Promise is song eight. Very good song. Track nine, Last Man Standing. Again, another solid song with the great line. And of course, if you're a Bob Dylan fan, and if you are, why are you listening to me? Because I hate Bob Dylan. But you'll probably scoff at me with your pretentious nature and say, really, you think that's a creative lyric? You think that's a creative line? Well, I do. In the chorus for Last Man Standing, you're the last man standing, but the first to sell your soul. I think that's a tremendous line. Absolutely tremendous. And then finally, closing out the album, the initial single from Pawns and Kings, the title track, Pawns and Kings, solid, not my favorite, but again, one last time, I'm emphasizing solid but not spectacular Alter Bridge is still better than 99% of the garbage that's out there right now. So in the end, I highly, highly recommend Pawns and Kings. Is it in the running for album of the year? Probably. I don't know if it's quite that good. I would not say it is their best album. 
I still defer to Fortress on that. That's the first one that always comes to mind. But it's definitely not their worst. And again, their worst is better than the best output of most other bands. So closing out Alter Bridge, Pawns and Kings, well worth the anticipation, well worth the wait. Listen to it on Spotify. If you like to purchase your music like I do, grab the CD. I had issues trying to get a hold of it from Amazon, but finally did after having to wait for a few weeks. Get the digital version, burn a copy, put it on a thumb drive, whatever you want to do. Plug your phone in to your car and listen to it. But this is a great, great album, and it will be one of the best of the year when we do our 2022 recap. All right, no concerts to review this week, although we do have a couple coming up here towards the end of the month. I'll talk a little bit more about those once we get to wrap it up at the end of this episode. We got three songs for you this week. Cover songs, weird collaborations, bonus tracks, So let's get into it. First up, Mammoth, WVH. Yep, you just not, you're not getting rid of the Van Halens that easily on this show. They seem to pop up in almost every segment. The second bonus track off of the upcoming deluxe reissue of the first Mammoth WVH album you guys know how I feel about this. I think this is a money grab. I'm really, really disappointed in Wolfgang for this move. And I'm not buying it again, Wolfie. I'm not buying the album again. Again, I don't like it. It's a tacky move. It's a cheap move. Should have just saved all these songs for the second album. So the song we're dealing with this week is As Long As You're Not You. And it's solid. It's good. Mammoth is starting to get a certain sound about them. And you've got to look for the nuances. You've got to look for the, the pieces and the parts in these songs that differentiate them. Now, the opening riff for this song reminded me a little bit of the one big hit that Courtney Love's band, Hole, had. The chorus was when I wake up in my makeup. I don't know if it's doll parts. Sorry, but I'm not going to be bothered to do any kind of a deep dive on Courtney Love and her musical career. But I do remember hearing that one song on the radio. And my mind connected the dots. So as long as you're not you opens with a guitar riff very similar to the opening riff of that song from Hole. And then you've got a little bit of interesting woo woo 
in the in the background. Again, if you want to draw a comparison, kind of sounds like old Steve Miller. But outside of those two, and they're probably stretches when it comes to trying to find connections to older classic rock songs. As long as you're not you, is just pretty much straightforward mammoth WVH. That means it's great. Not a classic. But again, would have liked to have heard it somewhere in the second album coming out in 2023, as opposed to, again, the money grab that Wolfgang is pulling off with this extended, expanded reissue of his first and only album. Next up. Not really enthused about this entire album coming out soon. Only the strong survive. Bruce Springsteen covering songs from the mostly from the 60s and 70s. But the one song that caught my eye because I have told you guys on numerous occasions, usually when we get to segment three, I want to go back. And an anniversary involving the Commodores comes up, you know I'm all over that. In a way, that's going to tie into the third song we're going to review, but I digress. So Bruce Springsteen has done a cover of Night Shift, the classic Commodores hit, the big hit they had after Lionel Richie left the band. Now, is Bruce Springsteen's version faithful? Yes. Proficient? Yes. Decent? Yes. But really, in the end, all it made me want to do is listen to the original version more. He doesn't bring anything new to the table. So in the sense that it's an homage, I can tolerate it and deal with it. But I'd rather listen to the Commodore's version over and over again than really worry about Bruce Springsteen's cover of Night Shift. Now, where this ties into the third and final song that we're going to review this week, I, I mentioned this, initially had a little bit of trepidation about it, but went ahead, listened to it, and fell in love with this song. Collaboration between ZZ Top's Billy Gibbons and Morris Day of the Time. Supposedly, they finalized the deal to make at least this song, if not more, music together when they bumped into each other at a liquor store. The song they've got out now is Too Much Girl For Me. And of course, four is the numeral. It's a great, great song. Great song. It's probably 75% Billy Gibbons, 25% Morris Day. 
which is probably about the right mixture to make it a great song. All types of different musical genres involved here. Billy Gibbons has got some wicked guitar work on this. But of course, you've got the funk flavor of the time mixed in there. It's just fun. It's just a fun, fun song. Now, where I tie this into Night Shift, and this has been something I've been preaching about week after week here on the show, is how divisive this world has become. And when I look back at when I was younger, how, how music like Night Shift by the Commodores or Jungle Love from Morris Day and the Time. And we'll get to Prince in the next segment. But throughout the 70s, even into the 80s, it didn't matter who was performing the music. It didn't matter race, religion, political leanings. It didn't matter. All we wanted was good, catchy music. And for the most part, that's what we got in the late 70s all through the 80s. And that's why a song like Too Much Girl for Me takes me on a nostalgia trip for those simpler, better times. And you can rip on me and say, oh, you're just a, you know, grumpy old man saying when I grew up, things were better than they are now. And that's legitimate. You can say that. But I believe it. I truly believe it. And it seems like every generation says that. So what does that say about our society now and where we are? Music is fractured. Small little clicks. I wish I had all the answers. I wish I had an answer for for how to fix it. I've told you, I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a big problem with all of this. I listened to an old episode of the Eddie Trunk podcast where he, he is, like me, hates the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but he also called out the Emmys. I'm sorry, the Grammys. My bad. Again, did I tell you I'm dealing with a wicked head cold? But he called out the Grammys. He said the Grammys are just ignorant. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame deliberately ignores hard rock and heavy metal. And I completely agree with him. Look at all the years it took to get Kiss in. All right, kids, that's going to do it for segment two. Coming up next, we're getting in the DeLorean, going back in time. I'll be right back. All right, now that we've looked at the current state of music in our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history, birthdays, deaths, anniversaries of song and album releases. It is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned.
And as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fortress of Rock. I'm the maestro Kevin Crane, episode 64, taping here November the 4th, 2022. Halfway home. And I hope I made my point at least somewhat salient at the end of the last segment about the fractured nature of rock and roll today. But uh, again, dealing with a head full of mucus and snot. So you're going to have to deal with whatever I came up with to solve all the world's music problems at the end of segment two. Of course, this is the time in the show where I like to give credit to my sources for a lot of these ideas when it comes to news, anniversaries, and birthdays, ultimateclassicrock.com, the Van Halen News Desk. Of course, we mentioned them in the first segment, and I would be remiss if I did not mention thisdayinmusic.com. And, of course, you can find us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Audible. You can always check out our Facebook page. There's always a link there to the latest Fortress episode, as well as... The Weekend Rock Project. This week, of course, this weekend, dealing with the upcoming election. So we're asking for your favorite rock songs that feature the words right, left, or middle. And then, of course, every Sunday is New Music Sunday, where we post a link to a YouTube music video of a new song that's just recently come out, probably something we've either discussed or are going to discuss very soon here on The Fortress. So let's get in the DeLorean, crank it up to 1.21 gigawatts, and go back in time for I Want to Go Back, segment three, our look back at anniversaries of classic album releases and moments in rock history. First up, on the anniversary front, again, going to tie back in loosely to what we were talking about at the end of the last segment. November the 4th, 1984. It was the live debut of Prince's backing band, The Revolution. Yes, his most well-known backing band from Purple Rain. Prince and the Revolution, as a unit, made their live debut on this day back in 1984 in Detroit. And again, last time I'll harp on it, better, simpler times, 
when we could all listen to the music, didn't matter if it was R&B, funk, hip-hop, rock and roll, metal, race, creed, color, religion, didn't matter. Now we go back to November the 4th, 1977. I'll note this one because I know it's an important moment in rock and roll history as it ties into film. You guys know, and I, I took a shot at him earlier, took a swipe, took a dig at Bob Dylan. And of course, his famous backing band, The Band, was featured in The Last Waltz, their final performance. One of the classic movies in rock and roll cinematic history. The Last Waltz premiered in New York on November the 4th, 1977. And again, I'm not going to try to snow you. I have never seen it. I don't care to see it. Again, the music is not my cup of tea. Speaking of which, November the 4th, 1967, Pink Floyd makes their live debut in the United States in San Francisco. And the world would never be the same again. It'd probably end up being a little bit crappier. You guys know lately I have been all over Roger Waters, and he is part of the problem, again, with society, with entertainers and celebrities and rock and roll stars. His attitudes, his pomposity, his arrogance, they're disgusting. And we need to call it out. All of it needs to be called out on all sides. Celebrities don't get to get away with being nasty egomaniacs who take advantage of their fans, who act like they've got 15 master's degrees from the top schools across the globe because they had a couple hit albums. All right, moving on to birthdays. First on the agenda, the maestro. Yeah, it's my birthday today, so happy birthday to me. I'm not telling you how old I am. You guys already know I'm an old, cranky, get-off-my-lawn type of guy. That's, that's good enough for you. But let me get into my story. I was born a poor black child. No, just kidding. Great line from Steve Martin's classic comedy, The Jerk. Okay? I'm not apologizing, but you snowflakes out there better not take offense for me quoting a line from Steve Martin's The Jerk. November the 4th, 1957. James Honeyman Scott of The Pretenders was born. Now, of course... You guys know I, I give the pretenders a hard time. I do not think musically 
they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. At least they shouldn't be in ahead of all the other bands waiting in line that did so much more than they did. And we've done this over the last few weeks ad nauseum with the, the comments about Sticks and Foreigner. But that being said, the, the tragic history of the Pretenders, uh, James Honeyman Scott, of course, died in 1982 due to drugs. So in that sense, the Pretenders do exemplify the classic, tragic rock and roll tale. Then finally, in November the 4th, 1954, this band has not made any kind of a footprint, any kind of an impact in a long, long, long time. But they were MTV's darlings there for a while. MTV tried to push them with a lot of their videos early on. They ended up having a couple big hits. Tempted. Black Coffee in Bed. Great songs, by the way. I'm not ripping on them because they were briefly one of the chosen bands for MTV. I thought it was great. It was the exposure that a band like Squeeze needed. We needed to hear their music, and that's where MTV succeeded in grand fashion when they gave bands like Squeeze the spotlight that they wouldn't normally get on regular radio back in the day, in the early 80s. Of course, one of the founding fathers of Squeeze, Chris Difford, born on this day in 1954. If you've never listened to Squeeze, go on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your music, just pull up their, their greatest hits. I'm not going to tell you going beyond that, doing a deep dive on their catalog is going to be worth it. But I know at least you get the best of Squeeze. There are some great, great singles, some great songs when it's distilled down into their greatest hits. All right, that's going to do it for segment three. As we bring the DeLorean back to 2022 and beyond. Of course, the final segment coming up next after a quick promo. I want, I want to wrap it up for you. I'm going to talk about everything that's coming up in terms of new music, concerts, and songs that we're going to review here on the Fortress of Rock throughout November into December, the holiday season. Again, thanks for sticking with me through my battle with this gunk that I've got. One last discussion. few minutes left. Hang out with me. I will be right back. Well, we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time, looking back at the anniversaries the classic moments in rock and roll history. But of course, the DeLorean works both ways. So now we have to move forward. 
the last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane. Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs? What albums? What concert tours? That's why we call it Wrap It Up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. All right, everybody, time to wrap it up here on the Fortress of Rock. Friday evening, November the 4th, 2022, episode 64, here with the maestro, Kevin Crane. Of course, wrap it up, our tribute to the fabulous Thunderbirds, where we look ahead to music that we're going to be reviewing here, concerts that we're going to be reviewing in the coming weeks and months. Let's start off with concerts because we do have two big shows coming up at the end of the month. We're finally, finally going to get to go back. We fought through COVID. Not only the shutdown part of it, but personally, we missed out on the 2021 Jackal family reunion on Black Friday in Indianapolis because one of us came down with COVID. Looks like now we've got a clean bill of health to start a new streak here. I believe this will be the sixth or seventh time I've seen Jackal. As I mentioned, family reunion tour each and every year at this time. They pass through Indiana. They pass through Michigan. They hit the Eight Second Saloon in Indianapolis, Indiana, every Black Friday, each and every year, for our version of the family reunion. Now, the cool thing about this, personally for me, is going to be the fact that my nephew Connor and my daughter Cassidy have both turned 21 here this year. So they are both going to get to experience the debauchery, the the majesty, the twisted majesty that is Jackal, Jesse James Dupree and the boys. I'm actually looking just as much forward to seeing their reactions to the show as I am looking forward to finally getting to see Jackal again. Like I said, that's coming up on Black Friday, so that's going to mess up our Thanksgiving weekend taping schedule. So I'm probably going to have to lay something down earlier in the day on that Friday or maybe even earlier in that week. And then, of course, the following Wednesday, going to be heading to Fort Wayne, Indiana, going to Pierre's place I've been frequenting a lot here over the last year or two, ever since the COVID restrictions have been lifted. Pierre's has had a lot of the bands that I love. They're doing a great job of booking bands like Local H. We saw Living Color and Everclear there. Dirty Honey, Mammoth WVH. I cannot say enough about how cool 
and awesome a job they're doing at Pierre's in Fort Wayne right now. So now they have brought in America's raunchiest heavy metal band, hard rock parody, whatever you want to call them. Steel Panther will be on the agenda. The Friday after Black Friday, we will have a review of Steel Panther live at Pierre's in Fort Wayne, Indiana for you. Saw them last year. Incredible. You got to take them for what they are. If you're easily offended, you don't like the -the over-the-top sexual allusions to the lifestyles of the 80s rock bands on the Sunset Strip and on the West Coast, they're not for you. Don't even try. Don't even bother. Snowflakes out there, no. Go ahead and listen to some Adele. Because Steel Panther is not for you. In terms of albums, next week I will review Bush's new album, The Art of Survival, for you. We mentioned there was a log jam. A lot of albums came out towards the beginning of October, the middle of October. So we're trying to play catch up with those. Finally going to get around to listening to the new effort from Gavin Rosdale and the boys. And I might just sneak in a Christmas album here at some point in time before the end of 2022. My man, smoothest voice in rock and roll, master showman, funnier than hell, had a show on Showtime decades ago when he first gained popularity with the song Wicked Game. I cannot find the show anywhere, but it was hysterical. It was fantastic. It was him and his backing band. Most of those guys still around with him today. Of course, I'm talking about Chris Isaac. He's got a new Christmas album coming out. This will be his second Christmas album. I believe about two-thirds of it is brand new stuff, and then the last third is standards and covers. In terms of new songs I mentioned last week, I'm still trying to delve into this quote-unquote lost track from the Beach Boys called Carry Me Home. Working on that for you. Another lost track, this one from John Cougar Mellencamp and the Scarecrow Sessions, of course. The extended edition of Scarecrow is, if it's not already out, it's coming out very, very soon. We talked about Carolina Shag, which was a really fun song. Now we're going to review Smart Guys next week here on The Fortress. Then finally, we mentioned Kings of Chaos last week, a band that has risen from the ashes of Velvet Revolver, spearheaded by Matt Sorum and Duff McKagan. Slash will play a part in their upcoming album, any releases they put out. 
lots of guest stars going to be involved is my understanding. But we mentioned they've got a new song out called Judgment Day. So we are going to review that for you next week here on The Fortress. Now, like I mentioned at the start of the podcast episode this week, things are starting to wind down for the holidays. I made it through last year, had enough content, had enough stuff to review where it wasn't a big problem. So hopefully that'll be the same this year. If we have to delve into some reissues, I'm interested in this Tom Petty live at the Fillmore box set that's coming out. Um, Of course, we still got Nickelback coming out here in November. We'll definitely give you a review of that. Things will happen. Rock and roll stars will always find a way to make headlines, screw things up, unfortunately have health issues that impact their tours. I would imagine we're going to see a lot more and hear a lot more. This is about the time when you start to see bands scheduling summer 2023 tours. Not a huge fan of how they do it sometimes, the bigger bands. I know Foo Fighters have done it in the past where they'll put tickets on sale in November or early December for a show late summer of 2023, eight to nine months ahead of time. Not a huge fan of that. Especially when you consider all the fees. How about giving me some interest on the nine months that you're holding my money. And again, if Joe Biden comes through with, he he says he's going to get rid of the quote unquote junk fees when it comes to things like utility bills, cable bills, and ticket prices and ticket companies like Ticketmaster then he'll finally have accomplished something I can get behind. It's about time somebody, even if it's Uncle Joe, took on Ticketmaster, took on Live Nation, and told them, hey, you're not doing that much work where you should be getting $10, $15, $20 a ticket for quote-unquote processing fees, especially now that you don't even print physical tickets anymore. Now, do I have faith that he'll get anything done? No, absolutely not. It's been tried by Eddie Vedder. Vetterman, no pun intended, then Joe Biden have tried and failed. All right, kids, thanks again for hanging out with me here on Friday night, November the 4th, 2022. Again, I apologize for the creeping crud that I have been dealing with here throughout this episode. But I think I got everything covered and did a pretty good job. Maybe a little disjointed at the end of segment two. 
But if you guys have been listening to me over the months, you kind of know the point I was getting at. I've made it before, and I'll end up making it again. Hopefully, I'm better next week. If I'm not better in seven days, I'm calling it quits, I tell you. It's only been a couple days that I've been dealing with this, but I'm already about done with it. Again, don't feel bad physically, just sound awful. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. First weekend of November, weather where I am at is still holding up very well. Hope it is where you are. Enjoy it while we can. Listen to some good rock and roll this weekend. I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. We'll talk to you next week.